Hello everyone and welcome back. It's a full 40 with Chris and Rob brought to you by Nova Insider and presented to you by Stay Tuned with D-Ray. I like it. I like it. It's uh, it's pretty exciting. So should we start with that? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're excited. We're excited. Let's be clear. We're, we're coming Tough off a loss. loss. Yeah, yeah. But we're excited. I think so. I think that's Because right. guess what? We're going to write off this loss a little bit. Good shooting. By Creighton, we had an off-shooting night. It happens. It happens. But we're excited as a podcast. Yes. And why is that? If you pay attention to social media, you saw we met earlier this week with Dow Reynolds. We had a little bit of a lunch. Going to tell on him a little bit. Yeah. He had a muffin. Shaq would probably not approve. I think that's right. Yep. So um, we're starting this relationship off right. Yeah, just and by just, throwing him directly under the bus. Yeah, I, I you think, do not pass go. You do not collect two hundred dollars. I don't know if he knew what he was signing up for, but consider yourself signed up. So yeah, there you go. DJ. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna ask us to be on the Stay Tuned Network, I'm sorry. I know your logo is an umbrella, but we're not shielding you from anything. That's right. Like we're gonna bring it. That is that is the inside info that we're bringing to the podcast. Yeah, so here. anyway, so Daryl, you look good, but you had a muffin, and Shaq doesn't approve. I predict that, that's what predict. But yeah, in, in all seriousness, though, we we did have uh, a great lunch and a great chat with um, with Daryl Reynolds earlier this week, and like Chris mentioned, he asked us and to you know join and be affiliated with his network and his I'll say kind of media. Empire, if I will. Yeah, that he's, it's that a burgeoning to. media empire. Yeah. Because stay tuned. Yep. Great podcast, great show. Yep. If you haven't already checked it out, highly recommended. He has a lot of Villanova former pat players on there. Really interesting stuff coming from D Ray. Hosted himself. He's also doing freelance work for the Big East Conference. Yep. So he's he's everywhere right he now. Guys everywhere. Currently in Miami. Yeah, he's in Miami at the Super Bowl. Pretty cool. Yeah. We did not get the invite to that. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, we should have been at the Super Bowl. uh, Maybe it was an oversight. We'll have to follow up with him. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to follow up with him. By the way, I know Rob jokes a lot about texting with former players or whatever. This is real. This happened. We have photographic evidence. (laughs) There is actually a picture. Yeah, we're not photoshopped. We're legitimately working with (laughs) Daryl. Yeah, and we're, we're very excited about it. Yeah, for sure. we're super excited about it. So, stay tuned is becoming a network. He is going to be pulling together a group of podcasts, shows, etc. He's focusing on Philadelphia area related schools at the moment. At the moment, yep. Looking to expand more broadly thereafter. Yeah. But what a perfect place to start is Philadelphia, where yeah. people eat, sleep, and breathe. Sports, Yeah. And it, it's a pretty cool opportunity for us. So we're going to be working more closely with Daryl. Going to be bringing you some awesome information, some great interviews. And yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to, to be working with him. Yeah. You know who's not excited? Sandro. That's probably true. Our yeah. friend Sandro is here, who's been yeah. on the podcast a couple times. He's literally asleep yeah. on this chair Founder right of Sanzo. Yeah. When he appeared on the New York Stock Exchange 
with Cheddar earlier this week. Really cool. He's our friend, and he's a guest, a frequent, relatively speaking, guest on the pod. <laughs> Compared to all of our other guests, he's yes. the most frequent. Yes. He's been on our pod at least twice. <laughs> yeah. Therefore, you're in the number one spot. Yeah, therefore, he's in the Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever that's worth. <laughs> so... This is going to be a rough one because Rob and I have been drinking since the second half of the Creighton game. So and it wasn't just, a great wasn't a great one to watch. No, it wasn't a great one to watch. So full disclosure there. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the games this week. Let's get into it. Yeah. It was it was the best of times. It was the worst. It of was time. the worst of times. Yeah, that's a good way to frame it. After the same, I, I just game. came up with that. By the way, yeah. I, I don't, somebody should copyright that or something. Yeah, Write that should be maybe. in a book. It should be in a book, probably. Yeah. All right, so. Let's just talk real here about the games for a moment. Played St. John's, and candidly, coming off the St. John's game, I know they're St. John's. I know they got a new coach. I know that they're struggling. But I really like the way we played against St. John's. I loved it. Like, we were on them defensively. They were all over us. They press heavily. They make us, they try and speed us up. Yes, we struggle with inbounding at times. Yes, there were some times where we got sped up. But I really, really liked the way we looked in that game. We won by 20 points. It was the first time that we got up and then we put a team away. And I loved how we put them away. So I love the way we look at St. John's. In my mind, that probably was up there, if not our best performance of the year. And I thought coming off that 17-3, and like... 850 winning percentage. We looked really good. Seven and six and one in conference. Seven and one in conference. Something like that. And we looked awesome. And I just loved it. And I was like, wow, we are looking at one of the best perform coaching performances by Jay Wright this season with how this team has progressed. Yeah. And it was, yeah, I mean, not a hot take at all. You look at the team performance, you had, I think, five or maybe even six guys in double figures. Everybody was contributing. Mind you, Samuels was out. Yes, which made that even more impressive. Right. Like, and look, call it what it is. St. John's, not a good team. Right. That said, we hadn't had one of those wins in a very long time, if at all, this year. And to me, that was, okay, we're getting this together. The offense is back, and let's just ride this yeah. home. We're away. Well, away. Away. Technically, we were basically in like Villanova 2.0. It it was a neutral court. It was very much a neutral court. There were a lot of Villanova fans. It was a casual Tuesday evening. Yes, it was. 6.30 start, which I hate 6.30 starts. I don't like the 6.30 starts. I love this. It was a little, it was a smidge early, but like we got there. We we were at the game together. We got there. I got my chicken nuggets. Dude, you got there like the game had already started. (laughs) The game had already started for sure. You got there late. late. Like what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Whatever, I got there. I got there. It's fine. I went with Rob's wife. Yeah. And we got chicken fingers, and we hung out, and then we went to the game. I got chicken fingers as well. It was just yeah, later yeah. to get the chicken but fingers. I hung out with Nicole. Yes, that's fine. Yeah. But anyway. But it, 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 in fairness, I knew Nicole before you knew Nicole. Well, whatever. We don't need to debate this. No, no. We're going to debate it. I knew it first. That's true. Uh, but regardless, point being, it was a casual Tuesday I went, I showed up late, I got to watch the, the cats in MSG. Always good. In basically a neutral environment, and I enjoyed myself. Fair. So, St. John's looked as good as we've looked all season, and Creighton looked really bad. Not as bad as Ohio State. 
Oof, yeah. Good yeah, news yeah. for this team is every bad performance is going to be judged against the Ohio State game. Yeah. So that was easily the worst performance for of the sure. season. We looked bad, though. Yeah, the shooting just didn't yeah. didn't connect tonight. I, I think that I'm willing to chalk this game up to our shots did not go down. All of their shots did go down. Like, they had stupid shots. Like, like Bala kind of shot where he was falling out of bounds and he hit. Like, that's a dumb shot. Yeah, he shouldn't have shot that ball, and yet it went down. It was it was one of those. I wouldn't say go so far as to say we got Creighton again because it was not obviously nearly as bad as whenever it was 2014, 2015, whatever the early years of the Big East. But that was exactly the analogy I want to make. They made a lot of shots. We didn't make our open looks. It happens. Yeah. Am and I I'm, concerned? No. I'm not particularly concerned. Um, but there are a couple things that bother me. I hate to say it. Say it. Cole Swider yeah. is a deficiency for this team. And I really don't understand why he gets as much playing time as he gets. Wait, I'll, I'll, I'll answer that for you right now because we're only running a six-man lineup. No, I, I get that. That's but why. why is he that guy? I don't understand why he starts. He doesn't deserve to start in my mind. Because I like Cole Swider. He looks like he's got a good attitude. He looks like he's Absolutely. invested. There's nothing against him. But like... To me, Jay always says, I like to play the. F- I like to start the five best players on the team. I like to play the five best players as much as I can. Jay likes to have a short lineup. Why is Cole playing an outsized portion of the minutes relative to the rest of the team? I don't get that. Because from my perspective, he is lukewarm offensively at best. Yeah. Which is, he's supposed to be a three-point specialist, and he hasn't been. He hasn't. I will say... On the season, he's still shooting close to 40%. Correct. Recently, he has not been. He's, he's made nothing. While everybody else contributed a lot from St. John's, he was, I think, one for five from three against St. John's. So even against a terrible team, he was not having a great night. Right. Correct. So, so you got that. On top of that, you have the fact that he cannot defend. Like, I, like here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, he's bigger. But, like, we had bigger guys in the past who would get run, and the defenses know that we switch on defense. So, like... But so here's my question. I understand where you're going. Here's my question. Who else? We There are only a finite... Because I, I get all of your points, and I just don't understand, like... We don't have that many guys we can sub in. Are you saying Slater should be taking those minutes? Are you saying yeah. Antoine should be taking those minutes? You Both. Slater? Yes. Yes. Okay. Antoine and Slater... Look, I've watched Antoine. He's got a lot of work to do. We've had, yeah, and, and we've got his, and we'll, we'll come yeah, back to Antoine. Yeah, we're going to come back yeah, to yeah. Antoine. Yeah. Slater has a lot of work to do. Slater adds nothing offensively. Yeah. Okay. At the moment, yeah. I'm fully acknowledging that. But I, my opinion is Swider isn't adding enough offensively to justify his negatives defensively. It's, it, it's interesting because, yeah, then if you're saying, hey, I'm putting in Slater. You basically need to give Slater the green light and say, we need you to contribute offensively as well. Right. Uh, fair. But, like, Swider's in. Like, I just want to go back. I want to look at other past experiences. In the past, teams would switch us, and they would get switch us into a position where Brunson or Archie Diacono, both, like, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, guys, right. were down low on the post, man. Mismatch. The easy play, you sw- when you know the defense switches, like you design your offense to create that switch, 
that creates a mismatch that you can take advantage of. Sure. That's how you that's how you compensate versus a, versus a switching defense. Okay, so then you do that, and they would try and go down low. Brunson and Archie Diakono, who were undersized, who were like five, six inches shorter than Swider, would front the postman relentlessly, effort, strength, body strength, lower body strength in particular, get in the way, and oftentimes tip the ball out of the way and avoid getting scored on, even when they were in that compromised position. Swider, anytime he's down low, gets scored on automatically. The teams know it. They load up. They go for it. They know exactly what to do. And if they don't do that, they get him trapped inside, and then they try, and then they run a kick out to the outside. And of course, Swider is the guy who is always slow to his feet to get out to to make the stop on the three point shot. I, I understand what you're he saying. He can't close out to save his life. So I don't understand why he's playing. I don't. I don't get it. I, I understand what you're saying. I just we don't have that many good options is uh, yeah, the issue yeah, it's not I, like it's not like we can be like oh yeah Dante DiVincenzo like come off the bench I, and stuff. I, like that, I, that's, I, not, no, that's not an option I fully understand that but like at some point in time you gotta choose are you gonna play the guy who is not playing well at all who can't seem to grasp the defense who can't move quickly enough to do anything defensively who is a net negative because he's not scoring offensively or are you gonna play the guys who need development time in the program who you're willing to give a little bit more time to so they get a little bit more game feel like an Antoine or like or like a uh, Slater and, and let me let me tell you to what get you a mean. little bit more confidence a little bit more sea legs under them so they can feel more confident when they go out there and I bet Jay's position is going to be hey uh, I'm 17 and 4 I'm going to play the guy I've been playing yeah I get it I get it like I, I think but 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 if we just like go everything Jay does is perfect yeah like then then what what are we doing on this podcast yeah I, I hear you I just I, and I, look, I'm with you as much as I can be that I want to see some more Antoine in particular in there. I just don't know that that is the solve for this particular problem. Like this to me is like it's a Cole Swider problem and I just it's not a substitution problem. We just need Cole to be better. Like full stop. Like that, that, that to me is like I, I just don't know that there's I, an easy solve. I, I get for that. It. And, and, and again, I want to be clear because we are not like a let's hammer on college kids podcast like I, I like Cole Swider he seems to have a positive attitude he seems to be engaged in the program he seems to do all the right things say all the right things invested I just don't understand why he gets an outsized portion of those minutes versus an Antoine or a Slater yeah alright well so I, th- I think we hammered that or a, or, a, or a DCR oof okay well, that's, that's, a, that's a whole that's a whole different issue that's a totally different offering and skill set but anyway I think we've covered this point enough. So one of the big takeaways I would see from the week is Cole Swider. Frankly, I thought if St. John's, he was looking a little bit better defensively. I thought he had his best game of the season against St. John's. Absolutely. So yeah, today it didn't quite pan out that way as well. So let's just say it now. Cole Swider gets up past the fucking ball. Uh, award yeah, unfortunately, of the week. two weeks in a row. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I have a feeling that he's going to be getting it more. And the the moment the moment that crystallized it for me was I want to say it was like maybe the second time out or something like that in the the game today where he went to to double Collins guy. Oh. Collins was suffering, covering some guy oh in the post. Oh my god, it was leaving so his bad. guy, his cutter wide open for an easy dunk and Jay reamed him out. Yeah, Jay went bananas. Colin also reamed him <laughs> yeah. out during the timeout. It was so clear. It was one of those like, oh, we should move the camera somewhere else. But anyway, 
Um, enough on. Uh, or how about getting called for a carry? <laughs> oh yeah. I, all right. So so enough on on Mr. Cole Sweater. Um, yeah. Other takeaways from from the week. I mean, look. I think. There were many bright spots in St. John's, not as many bright spots against Creighton well, today. Let's just get awards out of the way. Yeah, Colin. Colin is our arf arf alpha dog of the week. More and more, he is just filling up the stat sheet. St. John's was insane. He almost got the triple double. Yeah. Which was, was he, like 17, 13, and 6 or something like yeah, that? Yeah. And, and if the game off. wasn't totally out of hand, he absolutely could have gotten... The triple double, a hundred percent. I was, I saw it. You know, there was probably still ten minutes left, and I think he had five assists. And I was like, oh shit, he could really get it. And they kind of dialed it back a little bit at that point. But, ugh, that was he is absolutely the alpha dog of the week. Yeah. He's just killing it week in and week out, becoming not just more reliable but more dynamic. Yeah, so Sadiq Bay is the best player on the team, the most likely to have a productive pro career. But, man. I don't know. Colin is probably a lottery pick as we sit here today. <laughs> as we said, it's a weak draft this year, so but, but, Colin's going to declare. I looked on Kempom. Kempom has Colin. This is all stats. This is yeah, not yeah. any conjecture. Kempom has Colin as the fourth best player in the Big East this year. How do they determine that? It's based on your. It's based on a variety of statistics between points, assists, turnovers. Like it's all data. Numbers. Yeah, yeah. Numbers. numbers. Pure numbers. <laughs> Pure numbers. Right? Like they do the math, I report on it. <laughs> Fair. Who's who's ahead of him? Uh Powell. Powell. Marcus Howard. Marcus Howard and um Kamar Baldwin. Okay. All right. Yeah. So it clearly favors guards. Sure. Because otherwise what where's Bay in all of this? But yeah, like yeah. it clearly favors guards because the usage rate must sure. be that much higher. But he does a lot with what he does. So Hat tip, hat tip to Mr. Gillespie. Yeah. Continuing to crush it. Yeah. I love it. Our Shaq fit man play of the week. Yep. Goes to Demir Cosby Roundtree. Yep. We struggled with this one a little bit. Yeah. Because there was a lot of good plays in the St. John's game. But specifically, Dada in the St. John's game got in, got some minutes late, but looked really good in those, in those minutes. And what he did was he got the ball down low. Power dribble, moved his guy multiple feet, <laughs> yeah. and then went up and just crushed a dunk. And that's the kind of shit that we expect out of Dada and that we got used to getting out of Dada. And he hadn't Dada, done it in a the while. The Dada of old. The Dada of old. And yeah. I want that I want that Dada back. Yeah. <laughs> Give me more of that Dada. Yeah, correct. Right. I want that back. Also, a shout-out, since we're in this awards time, a shout-out to, to Noke. Passigno. I'm going to follow your lead on the pronunciation because I, I got up, nothing. I looked it up. Tonneau Passigno. Yeah. An amazing football player while he was at Villanova. He's on the Kansas City Chiefs defensive end starting. Yeah. He was a second round pick a couple years yeah. ago. Yeah. He's playing in the Super Bowl tomorrow. Yep. And we're excited. So if you don't have a rooting interest in the fo- football game tomorrow, root for Kansas City because they got a Villanova player on it. I like it. All right, so I think any other big takeaways from the week? I mean, we talked about great St. John's game. Obviously, not too concerned about the Creighton loss today. It is what it is. I'm pretty sure the guys will come back to it. Should we transition a little bit to a a quick heart monitor, perhaps? Yeah, Pascal is the guy we got to talk about. 100%. Also, quick shout-out to Kyle. Oh, yes. Yeah, so so the theme of our heart monitor is NBA All-Stars. Yes. So, So, Kyle. Kyle. 
was named to his sixth all-star team. Yeah. I mean, just amazing. Phenomenal. Dude continues to contribute in all kinds of ways and gets recognized around the league for it. Just whenever the end of his career comes, hats off to him. He's probably just a little bit short of being Hall of Famer. Yeah, so no, is, no. He's, but he's, he he's is clearly one of the best players in the NBA in a very competitive year. I will say this. He is a guy who will absolutely have his jersey retired by the Toronto Raptors. Oh, yeah. Well, he just became number one in assists for them. He was not number one in assists, but, I mean, he is, he's been embraced by that city, and he has embraced that city as well, too. So the relationship there has been strong for years as he developed that all-star career. Certainly solidified it last year with the championship, and here we go, just continuing that recognition, even fighting through a, a few injuries this year as well, too. So hats off to him. More exciting to me, though, was what we were alluding to earlier, was Eric Paschal getting named to the NBA Rising Stars game. So if you're not familiar with this, the NBA each year not only holds the All-Star game, but then they hold essentially another scrimmage for the younger or up-and-coming players, the rising stars, if you will. So Pascal got named to that team this year, along with your usual suspects, your Trey Young, your Luka Doncic, your Zion Williamson, John Morant, etc. So that was an amazing honor that I am sure no one expected him to get at the beginning of this year, Pascal included on that. So that's going to be something to watch Check it out. It'll be a fun game in a couple weeks. And hat tip to him. I think he's been, um, I think he's been averaging around 14 points a game throughout the season. So it's been, um, it's been a terrific rookie season for Eric. And definitely hope that hope that continues moving forward. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome to see our guys doing well in the NBA. I think it helps the program. It makes everything better from our perspective in terms of recruiting guys. And saying, hey, this is what you can be if you come to Villanova, you go out, you become an all-star, you become a rising star in the league. Yeah. Like, it just sends all the right messages. So kudos to those guys for obviously putting in the work and getting to that point. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. So I guess that's our, our heart monitor for the week. We just watched Providence beat Butler. So right. literally all three ranked Big East teams lost at home this weekend. Not what you want to see. Wild. Not what you and want to see. We've been talking about this for a while. Like I want for once season is for us to have three or two, two or three elite Big East teams. Yeah. To make it into the deep into the second weekend. Like I would just love three Elite Eight teams. Like yeah. one year. That would be phenomenal. And right? the closest we had And if was... we had zero other teams make the dance, yeah. I don't even care. Totally. And the closest we had was a few years ago when Xavier was also a top five team. And then I think if I remember correctly, they kind of flamed out in the tournament as well, too. Correct. But but yes, to your point, all of the ranked teams lost today. I was not excited about that. We've got a huge week coming up, and I wanted to see that matchup, that Seton Hall, Villanova, and that Butler-Villanova matchup be as highly ranked as possible. Yeah, and now everyone's falling back. Yeah, and, and to be clear, what we're saying here is like, yes— with other top teams losing, it makes us it makes it easier for us to win the regular season Big East Championship. Call me spoiled. I don't care about that. <laughs> I just don't care. Well, let's be fair, though. The team's goal at the beginning of the season is to win the Big Five. 
and to win the Big East. As stated by Jay Wright, yes. As stated he, by Jay Wright, he says that clear. every year he can only plan for the games that are on the schedule. Yeah. Fair. But... From a fan perspective. From a fan perspective, I can care about March from day one of the fucking season. And, and I think most people do. It's one of these things like... You know, Kansas always points to, ah, we won 13 Big 12 championships in a row, which which is impressive in its own right. Maybe I'm spoiled. I just kind of got to the point of like, ah, you know, this Big East thing, like, yeah, it's fun and I want to be good for sure. But at the end of the day, I'm really focused on tournament titles and deep runs in March. Yeah, correct. So, like, to me, it, and, and, and I'm also thinking a little bit bigger picture about the strength of the Big East as a whole. And I want this conference to be as strong and as competitive as as possible because that makes us a stronger team and makes Villanova a stronger university in the long run. Let's just talk about this real quick. What teams do you talk about? Do you talk about the Xavier team that was a one or two seed in the dance and flamed out in the second round? Or do you talk about the Xavier team that was a fucking 11 seed and made the Elite Eight? Exactly, exactly. Wait, which team do you talk about? You talk about the Elite Eight squad. Yeah. Right? Talk, like, the, the Butler team that made two national championships in a row. Right. That's Meanwhile, the team Butler's you talk about. Butler's been ranked all the fucking time in the new Big East. And if they flame out in the first round, nobody cares. Nobody remembers. Right. Do we talk about the 2015 Villanova team? I love the 2015 Villanova team. No. Darren Hilliard was dope. Yep. He's so sick. And like that team was awesome. That team was as good as the other teams that won national championships. So was the 2017 team. Yep. No one talks about those teams. At the end of the day, talk about the 16, 18 teams. At the end of the day, the fans and the media care about March. Yeah, correct. So, like, right. my mind is in March, and I want the Big uh, East as a whole to be strong. I want the large. If we get a large number of teams in the tournament, great. I love the entry because the more chances you get to pound at that door, the more chances you get. But the reality of the situation is, the higher the seed, mathematically, okay, yes. probabilistically, if that's a word, is that a word? <laughs> Uh, I think so. Probabilistically, <laughs> the higher the seed, the deeper the run. Yeah. Yes. Okay, more one Over and two time. seeds have won uh, the national absolutely. championship than any other seed. Absolutely. Okay? So so there's that. And more have won and made the final four. Yep. So you get a better route. That's intentional. The whole thought of that is to do that. So every loss matters, right? We're at the point in the season where a loss or a win is roughly half a seed line, maybe a full seed line. Yeah, it's true. Depending on who you lose to and where, right? So so it all matters. Yeah. And yeah, it was disappointing to me to see all three of these top teams go down today. One goes down, okay, fine, whatever. Right. All three of them Butler go down. Butler just lost any hope it had of having a top two seed. Butler is, and Butler has been in a bit of a free fall. They turned around, they got a win earlier this week to stem the losing streak, but... They just lost to eleven and ten Providence. I, just, I don't get it. Butler has Butler it's has more over. issue. Butler has more issues than we. It's over. Think. Their chances of a top two seed, maybe even a top three seed, are gone. I think that's probably right. Right. So now they don't get the easy matchup in game one, and they don't get the easier matchup in game two. Yeah. Right now, the best that they're probably looking at is a four-five game in the second game round of the tournament. Yeah, Seton Hall at this point still has a lot of opportunity. They were the number 10 team coming into this weekend, and they actually just got back, unfortunately just got back to full strength, but then potentially lost um, McKnight on their team today. We'll see what his MRI reveals. But they just had a big guy come back. I Sandro, can't pronounce... Sandro Mamu Kailashvili. Yeah, 
I'm gonna again. I'm gonna take your lead on the pronunciation here because I can't do any better. But yes, this was basically their second best player, who had been out for a number of weeks, and Miles Powell was basically carrying the team. They got this guy back, followed that up with a loss, so not great. But you would think going forward, as he gets reintegrated into the team, that they are net a stronger team yeah. moving forward. So I get fans who want to see other teams around us in the Big East fall off. Yeah. So that we have a clear pathway to the title. I get that. That's competitive. I understand that. I see that in pro sports all the time. The difference is is that your regular season or even conference tournament title doesn't, in theory, matter to your seeding yeah. in the NCAA tournament. Because I think at the end of the day, if you ask any Villanova fan, hey, would you rather have a Final Four run, not even a national title, would you rather have a Final Four run or would you rather, rather have the Big East regular season title? I bet 99% of them will say a I'd Final ra- Four run. I'd rather have a Sweet 16 than a Big East regular season title. Wow. That's a little bit of a hot take. I think... Actually, I'd probably go with you on this one. I was going to disagree, but I think that's probably about me, too. No, we, we swept the we swept 2015. Yeah, you're right. Nobody In cares. 2015, would you rather have beat NC State and then lost whatever games that we had to lose to not that's win fair. both titles? That's fair. Yeah, you would rather. Yeah, no, I think you're right. So anyway, 100%. So anyway, so all your fans out there that are listening, we're solving Mind for you, March. It's not, an e- it's not an either or. It doesn't have to be an no, either rule. Of course not. But like, but like, this is like, I want our Big East teams to get the highest seed possible, so the best possible chance of advancing as far as we can in March. Yeah, for sure. All right. So with that said, we're previewing a big week because we got at Butler. So we're at Hinkle Ugh. on Tuesday. So we're coming off a loss against Creighton. Butler's coming off a loss. And we're at Hinkle on Wednesday night. And mind you, we just played Butler. Yeah. Just played them. Right. And they seem to have a strategy to beat us, although they couldn't hit they couldn't hit a shot to save their life. Yeah. So you can't expect that again, especially not with them at home. And we just came off a game where we couldn't hit a shot to save our life. So I'm a little nervous about this one, obviously. But like I don't want to lose two in a row. Yeah. And then on top of that, have Seton Hall. See, I mean, I don't know if it's game of the season. It's probably second biggest game of the season. Probably the biggest was the Kansas one at this point. But, you know, we're deeper in. Like, this is the game of the second half of the season, call it. Oh. It's huge. Totally. And then obviously the game at their place could be a deciding game mm. for the Big East Conference Championship. Yeah. Which we talked about is not as important yeah, <laughs> as exactly, the NCAA exactly, tournament exactly. result, but yeah, we still care about it. Yeah, so I mean, we've previewed both these. I mean, Butler, the story's consistent. The guys to watch out for, again, McDerm- um, McDermott, who had a terrible game against us the first time around, and Kamar Baldwin. Those guys remain the guys that you got to shut down. So we'll keep looking out for them. What do you think? Win or loss at Hinkle is the key. I just have an odd feeling that this team doesn't lose two in a row. You mean our team or their team? Our team. Yeah. I don't know why. I just feel like we missed shots today. I just feel like we're going to win. I think I think we're going to go 2-0 this week. I, I just have this weird feeling that we're going to go 2-0 this week. That's interesting. I'll take it a game at a time. My take on Butler is I don't think Butler is as good as everybody thought they were. The flaws have really been exposed at this point, and I think the season is a bit unraveling. 
and we're going to capitalize on that. I think we're going to get a win at Hinkle. I don't think it's going to be the blowout that the last game was. No. But I think we're going to get the win. Hinkle's just a tough place to play. Yeah. Um, it's going to be, the game's going to be in like the 50s, maybe the 60s. Yeah. This is always how it goes at Hinkle with, between Villanova and Butler. Yeah. Except for a couple of years ago in 18, when they hit 70% of their shots. I don't think that's happening this time around. No. Um, so then that brings us to the weekend game, the highlight against Seton Hall yeah. at Wells Fargo. It's going to be rocking. Big time. Hopefully it's going to be rocking. We'll see if it's rocking. Well, we're going to get to that we'll get in to a that. moment. Yeah, yeah. I have a call out to make. It'll be, it'll be casually loud. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be some like casual excitement there. Yeah. Just Pro- only during the timeouts when DJ 007 gets to Yeah, probably when the Seton Hall fans But I want to get to that full-throated yeah, yeah. in just a little bit. Seton Hall has a great team this year. Not a good team, a great team. I've watched them play a lot of their games. I've actually watched a significant portion of their games. And now you are you may be a Seton Hall fan I'm, since you live in New Jersey. I'm like, Is that how these things work? I'm like a casual stand for Seton Hall. You, that's true, actually, you are. Yeah, and now with your new residence, you may have to fly Seton Hall flag. Is that required? I can in your literally township? get to South Orange in like four so- train stops. I think I might like have your degree revoked or something. This is, maybe I should find a new host. I don't oh, know. My, oh my! This is ooh, this is that's should absurd. We, should we be doing this? That's absurd. This is terrible. That's absurd. God. We got Sandro here Sandra, for a comment. Sandra, Sandro in. woke up. He woke up. Welcome. Yes, say loud. Good to be here. I'll take over as a. Uh, as the new host of the full 40. He's got teal pants on right now. Yeah. Are those hospital pants? They look like hospital pants. Outdoor, like, outdoor voices. Oh. Sample sale. Very, very swaggy. <laughs> very swaggy. Sandro has on doctor hospital pants. <laughs> okay? And he's trying to pass them off as fashion. And I'm not buying it. I'm calling I'm calling it out. Yo, this is this uh, New Jersey fashion. This kind, of host, this kind of host you want? Uh, yeah, right now, yeah, for sure. All right, I'm taking. I'm taking I'll my take, New York fashion. We have Sandro Rocco, Sandro Mamukalishvili, though whose name you can't pronounce. I didn't even try. I didn't even yeah, try. Okay. All right. I do my homework to prepare for the full forty. Well, that right? was a mistake. Right. So, so they have a great team. They're all healthy. I think McKnight's going to be okay. He's getting an MRI, so I think he's going to be okay. But they got Powell. Who is one of the best players in the who, whole country? Who's this Pally referring to? <laughs> I heard he might have a future. He might be, might be decent. Miles Kale is also really coming along nicely. Kevin Willer's doing a fabulous job. Um, then they got Romaro Gill, who, if you don't know anything about Romaro Gill, no, he's like seven feet tall. He looks like he he looks like Taco Fall out there. He's I think that he, big. No, I think he's seven three actually. Yeah, he's enormous. He's huge, and he's actually somewhat mobile. Yes, not. not Totally mobile, but he's more mobile than Roy Hibbert. I'm going to call him reasonably coordinated. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think that's a fair characterization. Yeah. yeah. They got Mamo Kalishvili, who's good. Yeah. And who all the announcers call you Sandro. Are, you are rolling with the name now. It is flowing. Oh, I know how to pronounce his name. I, I'm I looked impressed. it up. All right. All right. All right. They're a fantastic yeah. team. Seton Hall has a real legitimate chance based on the talent on the roster. To win it all this year. Like, literally win the Wait, national the national title? Yes. Bold. Yes. Do I think they will? No. Because I don't think the team nor the coach has the temperament to get the job done. Ooh. Yeah. 
Do I think they can make the final four? Yeah, but I think it would be like they make the final four and then freak the fuck out and then get absolutely blown out in their final four yeah. matchup. But they have the talent on the roster and they have a killer. So like literally they have the components to win it all. And if especially if they get hot from deep, they can absolutely do it. That's um that's pretty big. I I think it's stretching a bit for me in terms of being, you know, winning national title, but hey, as we've discussed, it's a weak year. And like you said, they nobody's do, good. They do have a killer. Some years sure. there's a lot of parity because there's a lot of good teams. This year's got a lot of parity because everyone sucks. Yeah. Uh, you're not wrong. Okay. So we're hosting them on Saturday. Because it's at home, I don't think we lose two home games in a row. I think we're going to win first Seton Hall, take over the number one spot in the Big East as a result of that head-to-head matchup. But I do think that the game in Newark on a Tuesday at the end of March, at the beginning of March, is going to be the deciding factor for the Big East. I'm with you on the two in a week. I think we get it done in Hinkle, and I think I think the Seton Hall game ends up less close than we think it's going to be. Yeah. I think these guys just bring it. But what do we need against Seton Hall? We need the fans engaged in the fucking game. And I'm, I'm sorry, what? The fans? Yeah. They need to be engaged. They need to I don't, pretend I don't like they're I don't understand what that at is. a high-level basketball. I don't understand what that is. Yeah, clearly. We have the best fans in the country. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so, look. I'm not going to sit here and get when I was in school because I think the fans for Villanova have always fucking sucked. That's true. I think the student section was less bad when we were there. Okay, okay. But it's irrelevant. We were talked about the student experience last week. I mentioned that it was quiet. It was a morgue in there when I went to see us mm-hmm, play Butler. Mm-hmm. We watched the game. We were down the entire game to Creighton today. Not once did I ever feel like our fans were giving us a boost in the arena to get Creighton nervous, throw them off, yeah. get us engaged, etc. There was no help, right? We got to have a home court advantage, people. Yeah. And like I understand that I'm being preachy. I don't much care because like it's getting to the point where it's ridiculous. Jay Wright puts out a top 15, 20 team and oftentimes top 10 team, like, all the time. And we can't much as respond to the fact that we are watching literally, like, one of the best programs in college basketball over the last eight years. Yeah. Somehow, we can't muster any energy in the arena. And you and I have slightly different takes on this. My perspective is I put that on the students. I think it is the students' fault. I think that everyone has to join in. I think it's a circular thing. We'll talk about that as well. But I think it starts with the students. I think if you're going to pick the chicken or the egg, it starts with the egg. The students have to be loud, and then that'll get the rest of the fan base to be loud. Yeah, and I think it's it's a fair point. You need leadership from the students. I won't debate that at all. At the end of the day, though, the home court advantage when you're talking about 75% of the people in attendance at the pavilion and, you know, upwards of 80, 85% of the people in attendance at Wells Fargo are not students. So the students can do something, but mathematically, if we just engage those other 75 or 80% of the people and get something from them, that's going to make 
a shit ton of difference. And and that's that's perhaps where, you know, there's a bit of a a knock on the university that, hey, look, the students are gonna do some cheering regardless, and there's probably not a ton you can do to really get the students involved. They're gonna choose to get involved, but there are absolutely things that the university can do. I'm not a marketing major, but I will say this. When Jay set up this whole like new tradition of, hey, we stand until we score our first basket each year, that proved to me if you want to get people to change their behaviors, there are certain things you can do just simply by saying, this is our tradition. And I think similarly, there are certain actions that the athletic department and Jay and the team can do to get the other fan base more involved. Because the circular pattern that you mentioned is so real. When I went to the Pavilion Games this year, when I go to Wells Fargo Games this year, I feel almost awkward cheering because it's so quiet there. And that shouldn't be the case. I'm not saying we don't need to be Kansas. I'm not trying to get us to be Kansas. I just want people not to give me weird looks when I do cheer for the team that I paid a lot of money to come see. Yeah. Like, I'm not paying to go see a Broadway show. I'm paying to be engaged for a team in a school that I loved and I poured my heart and soul into. Yeah. Period. That's it. What's so weird is that we sat in the alumni section in 2016. Yeah. Yes. The final four. Yeah. They were standing and cheering. It was the every time. the entire time. It was wild. It was amazing. I've never so seen that. Clearly we have it in us. Yeah. I understand that that's the final four. Bit right? of selection bias. The people who are there are going to be more engaged naturally for sure. Right. I get all of that. I don't know. To me, it starts with the students. To me, if you get the students right, you can then point at everybody else and say, get on your fucking feet. We used to do it when we were in school. That's true. That's we true. would say, on your feet. Yeah, yeah. On your feet. And we would literally goad the rest of the pavilion into standing the fuck up and cheering for like a, a minute. Yeah. Right? It would, it's part of the – I just think that, look, the nation this week on Twitter, who is the official student fan group. Okay. Got a lot of – Like sh- university sp- – it's it's a no. I want to be fair on this because they because they got called out on it because someone said you're just a university organized group, yeah, yeah, and you're just a puppet for the for the <laughs> school. And like, I don't think that's fair. I think the you're nation. The pu- I'm not the puppet. You're the puppet. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's. I think that's fair. But I also think that they are. Stu- they they respond and they say, "Lo, we're all students." Like, we do what we want, and we get very little comeback or anything from the school, more than anyone else would get, right? Fine. But the fact that the students don't do one cheer every single possession, defensive or offensive, is wrong. Like, like these guys, if they're going to be calling themselves the nation, if they're going to be calling themselves, like, the student fan group, like, the leader of the student section, if that's what they want to be— then, then you have to go out on a limb. You don't have to worry about being cool. You have to go and say, like, legitimately, we are going to cheer every possession and this is what we're going to do. Yeah. I don't care if you say, let's go Nova, every offensive possession. Because, I mean, that's let's be real, that, that's what we did. So Right. Yeah. Right. And then do defense or the jumping O, like, every single defensive okay. possession. Fine. Okay. I don't care. But create some noise because – Without any noise, you get no energy in the entire arena. Yeah, it's true. So I blame the students. Oh, Sandra's, Sandra's tapping Sandra's in. Sandra's back. Sandra's tapping, tapping in. in. 
I'm going to add some historical context here because you ooh. guys were mentioning just how historically great this is. And when I was just kind of listening to you guys talk, I just like, you know, I, I'm a, I at least was a bit more of a college basketball nerd before. And just want to kind of reiterate just how rare of an air we are in right now. I think of basically UCLA, mm. UCLA's John Wooden run, Indiana Bobby Knight, mm. uh, Duke in the mm. early 2000s, yep. uh, Florida back-to-back, and that's about it. In terms of like where in terms, Villanova in terms of is where, today. Where Villanova yeah. is today in the entire spectrum of college basketball. Yeah. It's this kind of historic run, and this is what we get from our from our supporters. Yeah, so yeah. so point being, like, this is not you shouldn't just be like sitting there casually being like, oh yeah, like we're gonna get this year in and year out. Like, no, this is pretty rarefied. This is era. temporary. Let's be let's be clear. We're in a temporary environment. We don't know how many more years we're going to get on it. It might already be over, and we just haven't had a chance yeah. to really fully see it. As we said, the story's unwritten. The story is unwritten. Got a lot of great, got a lot of great fan feedback on that. Yeah, yeah. everyone really <laughs> likes Natasha Bedingfield. <laughs> right. Okay. But I think Sandra's point is 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 well taken. Yeah. Like, and I think it just further emphasizes the point that. Just fucking appreciate it. It makes some fucking noise. Like, support the students who are working their fucking ass off and fighting there on the court. Yeah. Day in and day out. Like, you paid a lot of money. Show them some support. Shut the fuck up and make some noise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Like, exactly. stop fucking complaining about us complaining about you. Make noise. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. All right. I think that's good. Um, we got to talk about Antoine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because... We should have done this on the game recap, but we forgot about it. So yeah. here we are. We're bringing yeah, it back. We're here. We're almost done with the pod. It's the last topic we got to talk yeah. about. We made a comment last week about Antoine's lack of playing time and how we think that this could be leading to a potential transfer. Yeah. This week didn't change anything really in terms of the playing time. And actually, I will point out, he came in at the last like 30 seconds Jay of the game today. played him with the walk-ons. It was weird. Yeah, like, that's embarrassing. Not, not a fan. That's of not a good look. Not a good like, look. Like, just put the walk-ons in. Yeah. If you're not going to play Antoine at all during the regular game, yeah. fucking put the walk-ons yeah. in. Yeah, not a good look. That's bullshit. I didn't like that at all. I thought that was a bad, that was bad communication. Yeah. He did play a little bit more once we had the game in hand versus St. John's. It was nice to see that. He got a little bit more burn. He was able to get some flow, etc. Um... That said, there was an article that came out either today or recently, maybe yesterday, about Antoine and the Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, check it out. Joe Giuliano wrote it. It was a great piece. And basically all about how Antoine's being super patient and he gets it and he understands that he was injured and whatever. And basically saying, without saying it, basically drawing a big separation between JQ from last year and Antoine this year. Which I think we've always understood. We, yeah, and I don't think we've ever. There, I don't we've think we've always ever been said clear that, yeah, that yeah. there's been no noise. For but, sure. But like he's not getting playing time, and I'm sorry if you're a top, if you're a five rate, five star rated recruit, and you get no playing time. It is a very reasonable thing and consideration to come to that, like maybe you're going to transfer. Yeah. Especially given the recurring talent that we expect to have on the team next year. Absolutely. That said, it was definitely reassuring to see that article come out and see that he is, you know, articulating like, hey, yeah. like, I get it. I understand how this process works. So for sure, some assurance is there. That said, absolutely stand by. Like, I still don't understand what the hell Jay is doing with this playing time here. Like, I still don't get it. Yeah, right. 
Because at this point in time in the season, he's now had two full months of basketball activities. And he's not seeing a like moment on the court other than garbage time. Yeah. So something's got to give here, right? And if and I don't take it back. I don't take the conversation from last weekend's podcast back. Other than after reading that article, do I think he's a transfer risk? No, I don't. Doesn't think sound he, like it. I don't think he's a transfer risk, and maybe that was a bridge too far. Last week, but you can certainly see where we're coming from. Yeah. After you've seen the likes of Malcolm Grant, um, um, and JQ in yeah. the past, of yeah. like just a star guard who gets no playing time. Yeah. You can kind of see where we're coming from. Yeah. Anyway, that's all we got for that's- Antoine. I think that I think that we'll continue to see him in flashes, garbage time, etc. Do I believe he's going to ever – do I think that we're ever going to see him play significant minutes or any meaningful minutes this year? No, I don't think so. I, don't, it, it, I think it, that ship has broadly sailed. So now the question is what's the rotation going to be and how is Jay going to manage the fact that he's got a deficit? He's basically, beyond, playing, he's basically playing six people. Beyond his sixth man. He's playing six people at this point. Right. That's the team. Right. It is, is what it is. is. Yeah. All right. That's all we got on today's podcast enormous week at Butler Seton Hall coming up we'll be back with you after the Seton Hall game with a new podcast previewing the week to come and obviously recapping the week that was Um, check us out again we're brought to you by Nova Insider and you can also find us now on the Stay Tuned Network yeah so thanks for listening and as always Let's Let's go go Nova. Nova.